What a wonderful day to be in the Lord's house. Amen? Well, we're going to start this month in a new series, and the series is on supernatural. Often when you hear the word, oh, it's supernatural, you think of the miracles that Jesus performed, which they were supernatural. They were not natural. They were supernatural, beyond understanding, beyond uh, any way of proving how it could have happened. But what I want to do is bring the supernatural to a place where we live. You see, there's the natural. And then when there's something beyond the natural, whatever it is, if it's not natural, it's supernatural. I just want to throw this out there, guys. The way you were living before you committed your life and recognized that Jesus died for you on the cross, that was natural to this world. And the way you live now is not the way you were living then. You go to some of your friends who knew you before you had given your life, and they will say, what happened to you? And there's no explanation for it except you have surrendered your life to the Lord Jesus Christ. I want you to know that you live in the supernatural because you are not living the way it was before, which pleased your flesh, what made sense to your senses. You, you've stepped into a realm where you're denying some of the things of the flesh. There's... Why would you do that? That's not natural. That's supernatural. Now, I know that there's personalities out there going, well, I'm not living up to where I want to be. Let me tell you, you were living so far past where you were. That's supernatural. And the, the difficulty with that is that, that the longer we stay in this the more natural it seems to us. And you don't realize you are supernatural. You're living in a different world. You, you know, when you see miracles, it's like the Jesus walking on water. Well, that's, that's kind of out there. But I want you to know that I am not the person that I was. When I run into old friends that knew me before, they go, who are you? Well, what happened to you? I thought, I can't explain it except I just gave my life to the Lord. That doesn't explain it to them. That's supernatural. And then all the things, you know, people saying, well, you know, I, I don't remember ever being healed or something like that. I, I can tell you time and time again where God has just supernaturally protected you. I know he's protected me. He's protected my wife. He's protected my children. And then when bad things do happen, the Bible tells us that he can give us a supernatural peace regardless what this world has in store for us. So that there's a strength that we can grab hold of that cannot be explained. When you, when you experience tragedy, how does God comfort you? But time and time again, people say, he just did. I can't explain it. It's beyond explanation. So I want us to come to an appreciation... It, I, I don't want you to say, boy, you can really dumb down the supernatural, Pastor. Uh, I, I'm not dumbing it down. I'm explaining how real it is in all of your lives. 
and that we, we, we're not appreciating what's taking place. You know, we've had healings. We've had, in my family alone, deliverances uh, that I can't deny. Uh, Crystal, when we were first married, she had one of those Honda Civics when it was like the first Honda Civics over here, they had a 700cc motor in it. And, you know, if you looked really close on the body, you would see, you know, Budweiser because you knew the body was made out of 7,000 beer cans. I mean, it was just this little cheap car. Had little donut tires on it. And she's going down I-4 tooling about 70 miles an hour, and there's a semi in front of her, and a spool of metal wire comes off. You know those huge spools? She goes, it bounced once and was coming to the windshield. And she just said, I closed my eyes and yelled, Jesus. And I said, what happened? She goes, I don't know. That spool disappeared. I looked behind me. I'm just going, okay, first of all, you're doing 70 miles an hour down I-4. You closed your eyes. And when you didn't die, you looked behind you. First supernatural. You survived that. I would think that was more dangerous than that spool, thousands of pounds landing on the car. Like, Jesus! <laughs> I go, what happened? She goes, it was gone. Just gone. And things like that. How many times does that happen and we don't even know it? I'm walking the supernatural. Just as you do. Don't ever say you don't walk in the supernatural. Do you know anybody who says they walk free? I walk free because I've given my life to the Lord who has paid the price of my sin. I can walk free. That's supernatural. And let me tell you, that's not dumbing it down. That's just real. So we walk in the supernatural. We need to appreciate it. Now, there... Let me just give you the definition of supernatural. That's what's natural, but super. Okay. Beyond scientific explanation. That's kind of like where the miracles live. That, that's the, I, science can't explain it. But then it says beyond understanding. I'll guarantee you that my mother could not, ex she could not explain how I ever became a pastor. She goes, you? You? My brother went to one of the finest seminaries, Westminster Seminary. He's not a pastor. He became a businessman. You? It's like the night I went to my mom and dad, and I sat Crystal on the couch. I said, Mom, Dad, I got something to tell you. My dad leaned forward on the edge of his seat. I go, I've asked Crystal to marry me, and she said Yes. My dad leaned back and went, oh, I thought you'd wreck the car again. <laughs> my mother leaned forward. My dad was relieved. My mother leaned forward, and she looked at Crystal, and she goes, you are going to marry him? <laughs> and that's probably the most encouraging thing my mother has ever said. But um, <laughs> I needed a God who loved me. <laughs> Who reassured he loved me. <laughs> Supernatural. Beyond one's natural nature or ability. I've done that. I'm there right now. Um, wow. 
supernatural. There's a, a group of people, many of us, who we've, you know, we, we, we grab these promise verses in the New Testament. You know, like, um, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. But you know what? It's sometimes it's like when I see people do that, they're going, I, it, it, listen, I'm going to emphasize it. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Who's doing the doing? I am. See, a lot of people are going, I'm going to sit on the couch and just, I, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can do all things through Christ. You ain't doing nothing. You know, all that's happening is he's strengthening you to keep your butt in that chair. Said, I can do. There is a partnership with the supernatural. I want you to know that God can bless, bless without a request. He will bless who he will bless. I'm not going to give you a formula, but I am looking at an order. See, there's a protocol throughout the world, not in the United States, but if you go to South America, there's a protocol. If you go to, you know, the government offices, there's a protocol. If you go to the Vatican, there's a protocol. You take a certain position to make a request over here to do that. And there's a protocol in God. Now, remember, God blesses who he blesses. But there is an order. God is a God of order. And when we put ourselves in the right order, we, when, when something supernatural is going to happen, we're at the front of the line. Because so often when I see someone who moves in the supernatural, it's because I see this order in their life. There's a group of people who follow John Wesley, <clears throat> who started uh, one of the American uh, revivals, and in England. People who followed him, they said, you know what? He teaches this mythology, uh, uh, mythology a method that uh, God is a God of order and he does things this way. And they actually formed a church. And what did they call themselves? Methodist. Because they followed the method. You know? and, 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 and I don't want to get caught up in formulas. You know, it's not like I'm going to do these 12 steps and God's going to do this. We don't force God's hand. But what we can do is get in the protocol and put our lives in order. And then when that miracle happens, the Bible tells us it happens like that. It happens like that. How do we get in that line that's right up at the front? Well, we're, we're going to read a story, but I'm, I'm not done with, with some of these promise verses that we go in. Jesus said, with man... Things are impossible, but with God, all things are. It says, you know what? When, when you hook your caboose to God, things are possible. It said, everything is possible for him who be. Once again, that's something that we do. Either I'm hooking my caboose to the Lord. Either it's my, I'm believing for this. It's things that I can do. Well, I don't know about you, but I'm not done with mir- I don't want. I'm not done with the supernatural. Do you want to be done with it? No. 
I want to be, I, I, I want to be right there up front. So we have the story. And what's amazing, the, the, you learn this in Bible college, that, that the New Testament is in the Old Testament. It's just not as, it's like the, the Old Testament, the, well, the New Testament is like it's boiled down, reduce, 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 reduce. And you have all these promises. In the Old Testament, they have stories where you see these principles. So we're going to read a story about Ruth and Naomi. Not Ruth, but the Bible Ruth. We have the Scotland Ruth. And then, um, in this story that Naomi instructs, you see New Testament verses that put us in order to get set for the supernatural. You want to take that journey with me? I, there's some of you who... Are, who Need something supernatural to happen in your life. And I'm, I'm telling you, it, this is the order. So in the book, Ruth was married to one of Naomi's sons. I'm not going to give you the whole story, but we're going to start in chapter 3. Uh, Ruth was married to one of Naomi's sons who died. Well, they were in a foreign land, and they're starving to death, so... Naomi says, I'm going back home. And Ruth says, look, I'm going with you. Your people are going to be my people. And so they go back to their clan. And when they're there, the, the rule for the Israelis is that they were poor people. The, when, when they would go through the field and they'd pick the, the, you know, the food, the barley and all that stuff, they would leave whatever fell on the ground to the poor. Well, Boaz, who was a wealthy man, he saw... He saw them, and he, he, he instructed, he goes to his field hands, he goes, leave that last row. Don't pick anything, just leave that for them. Well, Naomi picked up on the kindness of Boaz. So Naomi takes it upon herself. She has a goal in mind. Now, here's the important thing. This was a supernatural thing that happened in the real world for, for Ruth, for Boaz, they end up getting married. Ruth and Boaz have a child, Obed. Naomi gets to take care of Obed, so she's in the house now. And Obed is the grandfather of King David. When God gives you a top opportunity to step in that supernatural, it's not just for you. That's not God. It's for the next generation. It's for the next generation. It's for the next generation. So let's... Let's start with Ruth, chapter 3, with verse 1. It says, one day, Ruth's mother-in-law, Naomi, said to her, My daughter, I must find a home for you where you will be provided for. Now, Boaz, with whose women you have worked, is a relative of ours out in the field they were picking. Tonight, he will be winnowing barley on the threshing floor. Wash your face. Anoint yourself. Put on perfume and get dressed in your best clothes. Then go down to the threshing floor. But don't let him know you are there until he has finished eating and drinking. When he lies down, note the place where he is lying. Then go and uncover his feet and lie down right there. He said, he will tell you what to do. Verse 5, Ruth answered, I will do whatever you say. 
So in the story, just a little more background, it says Boaz was supposed to be wealthy. He said he's going to go to sleep on the threshing floor. That's where they thresh the wheat or the barley. They throw it in the air and the wind blows and the shaft blows off and the, the good stuff falls on the ground. He said he's going to sleep there. Well, why is a wealthy man sleeping in basically on top of the barley out in the field? It's because that's all his wheat that he's grown and he has to sleep there to be sure that nobody steals it. So he sleeps on all the stuff that they picked and had sifted that day. So that's the story. So let's, let's start. Number one, and these are steps. He said, you must know what you're going after. Naomi knew. She goes, girl, I got to find a house for you to be provided for. That was her goal. And that's what you ask. You know, I asked the Lord, I said, Lord, is there something I'm not seeing? What, what's the next thing that I need to be doing? Who, where I need to be putting attention on in the leadership and the church and our finances? Well, what's the next thing? This is what I'm purposed to do. And unfortunately, you know, the, 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 there's too many people who don't know what the Lord has for them because they don't ask in James, it says, you have not because you ask not. And in Proverbs, I really like this one. He goes, put in order your outside work. Consider what you're doing tomorrow and put it in order. I know that Crystal and I, every evening before we go to sleep, I ask her, I said, so what are your plans tomorrow? What, do you, what goals have you set up? Every night, we put in order what we're going to do. It's not just go to work. It's not just, well, I'll see what happens tomorrow. It, no. And then I tell her what I'm going to get done. And then end of the day, I go, did you accomplish this and this and this? And she goes, yes or no. I did this instead, and, and I'm the same. And, and here the scripture says, listen, put your outdoor work in order and get your fields ready. Get them ready. Just, just don't. Go to work. Set your goals. No, posture yourself. Do you know if you're going to have a tough day tomorrow, don't you get yourself ready the day before? You know, I'm going to have a 12-hour day tomorrow. I get ready for that. You know what I'm doing? I'm posturing myself for success. I'm, also, I'm actually posturing myself for the supernatural because I always set too high a goal. I, it's just nothing better than, it doesn't happen every day. I come in, I go, I did it all. I got it all done. It says, here's how you get to that place. Posture yourself. Get your work in order. Get your work in order. Get this in order. And then build your house. There is an order, a protocol that God calls us to. Well, and, and, and here's an important note. <clears throat> you need to ask God what is in his heart. Because, because the Bible says the Lord gives you the desires of your heart. Well, let me tell you how that works. He gives you the desires of your heart when it's in his. When we desire the things of God, he gives you the desires of your heart. You know, it may be a desire of mine to have a Maserati. Someone in our church used to have one. They asked, do you want to drive it? I said, no. 
I'd be too nervous. I'm going to scratch it. I'm going to run over a brick. I mean, it's about this high off the ground. Uh, you know, I'm going to feel like I have to pay for it. I'm going to do your deductible. And I was like, no, I won't enjoy it. Now, my flesh, will my flesh enjoy it? Oh, yeah. Boy, it will. When I see things that what people have, and they've, they've gathered a lot more than I have. I have something in my life that keeps me from envying it. Because I know that a long time ago, I asked the Lord, I said, what can I do to bring you glory? What is in my heart? What's in my ability to bring you glory? When I was in ninth grade, I wanted to build my own house. I wanted to farm. I grew corn. I lived in this little neighborhood, and I would grow corn in my dad's flower bed in the backyard, and he'd get so mad, they just ended up giving me a patch in the backyard to grow food in. You know, I've always wanted that. And I'd say, Lord, how can this give you glory? So I built a house, and that's where this church started in. I said, how can this house bring you glory? Gather my people. And I gathered his people. Every event we would do, we did it at my house. Whatever is in your heart, ask the Lord, how can this bring you glory? I don't care if you're flipping burgers. How can I bring glory to the place where I'm working or waiting tables? Or it doesn't matter what you're doing right now because what you're doing right now is a stepping stone to the next place. You need to learn what you need to learn at this place to be found faithful to go to this place, but all along knowing that, Lord, somehow I'm going to bring you glory or I'm not supposed to be here. As long as what's in my heart is hooked to the desires of God. See, God says, I'm going to give you the desires of your flesh. No, Maserati's desire of my flesh. Now, I have a truck. You want to know something I love? I love my truck. I got a farm. I got a trailer. Of course, I have a really nice truck. But you know, I know that's mine because it's in my heart. And it keeps me from Getting caught up in my flesh. Oh, I want that. How does it, all these incredibly wealthy people, you know, if, if Hollywood, if they're married six years, they're going, oh, that's an old couple. You know, it's like, boy, they've really made it. It's like, wow. You know, or wealthy people who kill themselves. They've got it made. They don't have to work another day in their life. But there's such turmoil in their life because, you know what? What they have in their heart is not hooked to God and they're empty. And they envy. It doesn't matter. You know what? It doesn't matter where you are on the mountain. There's someone always a little further up the mountain that gets fresher water than you coming down. When you know what's in your heart is also bringing glory to God, you know you're in the right place. You know, what's that haircut called that they shave the side? The kids wear it. They shave the sides and there's a lot of hair piled on top. Does that have a name? Ugly? <laughs> Goofy? What's, what's the name? Okay. 
I told Crystal, I said, you know, Kale's got one of those. And even Pete, a couple, about last month, had one. I said, yeah, how about if I do that? She goes, you're 63. <laughs> it may look great on you, but it isn't going to look good on me. And that's the way it is. I can't envy what you got because it's, got not, it's not going to fit on me. The only thing that fits on me is what's in my heart and gives God glory. You know, we go someplace and it's a little nicer, you know. She goes, tuck your shirt in. I tuck my shirt in and she goes, pull it out. <laughs> like what, my belt doesn't match? Is that it? No. Some of y'all know what I'm talking about. Your style doesn't fit me. It looks great on you. I can't do it. You, know, you having a condo at the beach, that's great. I can't afford it. I don't, actually, if I could, I don't want it. Is it free this weekend? <laughs> yes. If, if God hasn't placed it that he can trust you with riches, have friends that he has, and you can borrow their stuff. <laughs> that is a glorious way to go. Wow. Well, the next thing, and this is in the Old Testament. She says, girl, wash your face. I could look at some of you teenage boys and say the same thing. But <laughs> she said, you know what? Wash your face. Don't look like you've been in the fields like a beggar. Wash your face. And it's interesting, in the New Testament, you know, Paul said, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead. Do you see the New Testament and the Old Testament? You know, you've been cheated, you've been lied to, you've, you've lost businesses, you've lost money. Wash your face. Stop wearing that. As Paul said, forget what was behind and press on. To get in close to that supernatural. Go wash yesterday off. Whoo, gotta get me going now. Watch it. Because <laughs> I can stop right here and preach. <laughs> we, we got three more to go. <laughs> yeah. Stop looking like you have no Savior. Stop looking like you've got no hope. Dad, government, wash your face. Wash that stuff off. Move on. And it's not just wash your face. Let's go to number three because I want to do some rabbit trails here. <laughs> Put on your best face. Ooh. Put on a new attitude. It says, wash your face, anoint yourself. You know, when they would anoint you, you, know, you, you for a new position, and they pour oil on, to, on you, and it, and it would have frankincense and myrrh, and it gave you a, you know, a fresh smell. It, it, it was perfume. It made you look healthy. It was a sign of strength. And here's, here's this is a prophetic thing right now. Some of you are saying, well, no one has ever launched me. Right here, here's what she's saying. She goes, wash your face and anoint yourself. You say to yourself right now, I am worthy. I am worthy. God has anointed me. 
said, wash your face, forget that was behind, and let me look like you're somebody. Look like you're somebody. I don't want to buy anything from some guy over there going, well, I think what I'm selling you is looking pretty good. It might be what you need. And I, who's going to buy that car? If you've got no one to anoint you, anoint yourself. You've got the promise of God. In Ephesians it says, to be made new in the attitude of your minds and put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. New Testament. In Romans 13 it says, clothe yourself in the Lord Jesus Christ. Clothe yourself in it. Wrap yourself up in it. He loves you. He has saved you. He gave his life for you. Wear that. Wear that. Wow. Put on a new attitude. You know why you can't get that job? You're qualified. You know. You know why you can't get that job or that promotion? People are tired of hearing all your crap. Oh, the kids weren't very good, and you know I got this old car that barely gets me here, and uh, you know I'm, I'm having. Shut up. Put on something other than negative you. Does anybody want to go sit in a cubicle with someone like that, or someone working for you like that? The second I say, "Hey, listen, uh, could you go?" Well, I'm really busy, you know. I, uh, look, you know, I, I sign your check. You know, going, well, I got so much to do. I said, you know, I'll free you up. Here's your last check. <laughs> Put on. Ability is what you're capable of doing. You got ability. Everyone here has got an ability somewhere. Even in, in the gifts of God, everyone here. Motivation determines what you do. I'm going to do what motivates me. Attitude determines how well you do it. The wrong attitude, I don't care what your ability is. I don't care how motivated you are with the wrong attitude. Now the old saying is, your attitude, on a plane, it's a little thing that is if you're going up or down that that determines your altitude. Put on a, put on a face here. Now, even when it says when God, God wants you to serve, he goes, come to me with thanksgiving in your heart. Serve me with gladness. He didn't say, come here and moan the whole time. Put on that new face. Rabbit time. Are you ready? <clears throat> oh, who wants a rabbit trail? God bless you. God bless you. Your supernatural is coming a little quicker. Because <laughs> you're in the same mind as I am. Same spirit. So we first started the church. Uh, we were anointing here. Anointing, anointing the sick. And stuff like that. So I want, you know, you can't go to Publix and buy anointing oil. So I order online this gallon of the best Italian virgin oil, olive oil. And I order from the Middle East 
frankincense and myrrh. They're oils from trees, and you pour it in there, and it, it's a perfume. It smells, and so, you know, I have that in there, so whenever somebody goes, oh, I'm, I need anointing, I'd go in there, and, and everyone said, oh, boy, it smells so nice. Well, we're having a fundraiser, and they're going to, you know, to buy the building or something. We have this huge spaghetti supper. They go, it's cheap. We can charge $5, you know, and we'll make 100 bucks. you know. <laughs> So they're going, well, they get the spaghetti done. They're going, well, it's kind of plain Jane. They said, well, let's go get a bunch of French bread like that. And they cut it and put it on the table. And they're going, let's get some dip. You know, that Italian you know, olive oil with pepper and stuff like that. And they go, Pastor Mark has a whole gallon of it in his office. <laughs> so I get here. And I go, oh, I love that. You know, like the dip and the bread and the pepper and the, <laughs> you know, that thing. And I went, <laughs> It was wretched. And you see people going, oh, yeah. You see anticipation. <laughs> They're spitting it back in their napkin. So I went, I think it was Lori Ellickson who did it. <laughs> and I go, where'd you get this? That's horrible. We got to get it off the tables. She goes, well, I got it out of your office. I said, Frankincense and myrrh, it smells good. They bury people bathed in this stuff. <laughs> it's like embalming fluid. <laughs> it's like... <clears throat> okay, who enjoyed the rabbit trail? Thank you very much. <laughs> That's just to wake a few of you up there. All right. Wow. It said, change your clothes, get ready. I have young men who come up to me. We've got a couple. Eli, is Eli still here? He was the first. Yeah, thank you. There's one young. Who here? Who, 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 how many men have come to me and said, hey, how do I catch a, my wife? Let's see, one, two, three, four, five. Okay, five of you in this service. Some men have come to me and they're going, when they find out that I help them, Become attractive. <laughs> I had a good conversation last week with a few of the women going, Amen, Mark, Pastor Mark, you keep going, you keep going. <laughs> These men need some help. So, and let me tell you, for me to get a woman to be attracted to you, listen, we're going to move into the supernatural. <laughs> we got to move in the supernatural. We got to get there. It ain't going to happen. So, so uh, depending on where they're at, my first thing is, uh, can you go build the nest? Say what? <laughs> build a nest. Then in my house, I build one of those little, you know, house things, and I used to grow gourds and put a little stick on it, drill a hole in it, take the seeds out, and guess what? A, a bird comes and makes the nest. I said, buddy, if you go buy a house. And don't look, make it look like a frat house. I said, there are women out there. They're going to find you. I said, listen, nothing good happens after 12 o'clock at night. What do you mean? Nothing good happens after 12 o'clock at night. 
I don't want my, my, my children hanging around some boys. They're going, hey, meet us at 1130 at so-and-so. I said, mm-hmm. You got 30 minutes, you got to come home. You got to dress. You want, you want to be a husband? Go to bed at the time a husband goes to bed. Put that look on. Your friends are, here's the bad side. The friends are going to notice. They might make fun of you. Going, what, what happened to you? I'm dressing for success. I'm dressing for who I'm going to be, not who I am. Because when, 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 when the supernatural happens, it happens like that. Remember Crystal in the car? Jesus, it happened. Over. The supernatural comes when that promotion, that opportunity, that thing that you can buy for almost pennies on a dollar, it happens, it happens like that. If you're not dressed, no one's going to offer you that job. The virgins, there's ten virgins. Five, well, ten had lamps. Five brought an extra thing of oil. Well, the oil started running out. It was a long time before the, the groomsman was coming. He hadn't showed up yet. Well, the five were running out of oil. They turned to the other that says, hey, let me have a little of your oil. He said, look, if I give you my oil, I won't have enough. Go and sell something. Go get ready. And come back with more oil. And they did. And all of a sudden the bridegroom comes, takes in the five, shuts the door. Said, that's it. When the other five came, they said, let let us in. He says, you missed it. Five were dressed and ready. Five were not. When the supernatural happens, you're ready. Because it happens like that. That you just, it just may be a matter of closing your eyes going, Jesus, supernatural. Somebody said, I need, I need, I need to hire somebody right now. That guy looks like, I'm going to go, I'm going to go ask him. Some of you ladies, some of you made your testimony, I'm not going to say who it was. Beautiful young woman, single woman with a child. I knew, just like Naomi said, we got to find a home for you. Young girl, single mother came up here. She'd come barefooted, take her shoes off and walk around the church barefooted. I went up to her like a good dad and I said, I, you know what, dress like, dress like you're going to make somebody proud. It was about four months later, she's engaged. Happens like that. Happens like that. Wow. I'm really taking advantage that there's not a service after this. <laughs> Go to the place and serve. It's that the Lord is attracted to the humble. And then what spirit she said, she goes, look. Naomi says, Ruth, go and do whatever Boaz says. I will. And goes, I'll do everything that you tell me to do. 
This lady was ready to serve. She goes to where he's laying down, uncovers his feet, and lays at his feet, says, you know what she's saying? I'm going to serve you. I'm here to serve you. And he tells her to do something. She does it. Go to that place that God calls you. And don't go there to, to teach. Don't go there to be the president of the company. Go there to serve. And the supernatural happens. It's amazing that Jesus, when he was in the garden, he knew what was about, he was about to face. And he prayed. He goes, could this thing pass for me? This is incredible. This is what, you, what I've been called to do. Not my will, but yours. Jesus said, he goes, you know what? I'm only doing what the Father told me, so that strengthens you. I'm telling you what he told me. He was a servant. You can be bold. You're going, these aren't, this just isn't coming out of my spirit. This is what I heard from the Father to do, so I have confidence. There's an order. Somewhere on this list, you know you're out. At one of those, you know I've got, I've got to wash my face, forget the past. Or I've got to put on the best face, I've got to stop being negative. Or I've got to put on a new dress and dress who I'm going to be, who I think God. Some of you, probably number one is the biggest, so don't think you're stuck on number one. Because for a lot of people go, I... I don't know. You know what you do? What's in your heart? And you ask the Lord, how can what I do bring you glory? Maybe you're just supposed to make a million dollars in tithe. I'll, I, I'm, I'm for it. Maybe you have a condo up in the mountains on a ski slope, and you just need to share a week of it with your pastor. I'm all right. I'm there for you. I am there for you. I'll pray for every meal we have together. <laughs> Some people are called to provide. Some people are called to do. Know whatever it is you're doing. Ask the Lord, how do I bring you glory? And then you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. He can give you the desires of your heart because they're the desires of his. Wow. The supernatural is right. I mean, do you see a little line on the floor? Put your toes right up to it. Say, there's the supernatural. There's the supernatural. And when that line disappears and I can see into it, I'm the first one in. Who wants, who wants that? Let's stand. Oh. Whoo. I'm looking at the supernatural right now. What we're getting ready for is the next supernatural. The next supernatural. Remember, you're supernatural means something for you right now, but when God does it supernatural with you, it is for the next generation. You know what? Your supernatural is for him and your daughter. Isn't that cool? And guess what? It's for his 
Ruth Supernatural gave birth to Obed, the grandfather of King David, a man after God's own heart. Don't think that I'm being selfish by asking for supernatural. It ain't all just for you, girl. It is for every generation after you. Amen? Father, we want to inch up to that line. We want to address those things that you have in our, that, that, that lie before us that keep us from stepping into that supernatural, from receiving it on every level. In our families, our blessing, our hopes. Father, it's supernatural that we are satisfied with what we have because we know you called us to it. Wow. Father, we're available. We're available. See our heart as we work on that issue that we need to address to get us to the front of the line. Lord, you bless who you bless. We're just saying we're in, we're putting it in order to make it easy for us to see it. Father, we accept the work of your son. Father, for those who feel like they've never been launched, we anoint you. We anoint you. You're worthy. Walk in the anointing of God. Walk, walk in, in the, the, the power of the people around that love you. And the authority of the church you attend. We are for you. Anoint yourself. Take hold of the positive. Father, we thank you for the work of that cross. It gives us the ability to do this. We are so blessed to live in the supernatural. We thank you in your son's name. Everyone said, have a great day.